welcome to the Wandermore Podcast, a podcast for travel enthusiasts, restless nomads, and excursionists alike. I'm Colleen. And I'm Paul. Last episode, we talked about Monterey, and this week we're going to head just about 40 miles north. Santa Cruz. So Santa Cruz is located equidistant between Carmel and Bay Area. Yeah, about 60 miles south of SFO and 350 miles north of LAX, which I always think of that, that song. What song do you think of when you hear that? I don't know. I had this running the whole time I was doing the notes for this podcast. Oh shoot, what you know song that is that? Is that by Fergie? No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Oh. It's on one of our lists, but, it, but it's great. It's great. Y'all know the one, so. Yeah, they do. We'll just I stick don't. it on in there. Um, Okay, so a little background about Santa Cruz, um, because it wouldn't be an episode without some religious references. Of course, especially in California. Santa Cruz is Spanish for Holy Cross. Wow. Fun fact. The city of Santa Cruz was incorporated in 1866. Important industries are lime and gunpowder, which I would say is one of the most Californian things I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) Also lumber. Yes, and in early days, once the city of San Francisco was established, there were trucks that would constantly bring lumber to especially the hills of San Francisco to build some of the houses that you see, those Victorian houses. A lot of the lumber came from Santa Cruz. It wasn't till the late 19th century that it actually established itself as a beach resort community for that lumber. That's awesome. Because it's really, I would say, a slice of Southern California in northern california absolutely <laughs> which it's, it's is so great because cool. yeah. it has the it has the aesthetic of northern california aka large redwood trees a little bit more lush but then also the beachy sand and the piers yeah when we talk about a slice of southern california in northern california i think of the moment that we went to ocean beach in mm. san francisco and oh, not San Diego. Yeah, not okay. San Diego. Other and, Ocean Beach. Got and it. And how much beach culture was missing from the area. I mean, it was. it's on the West Coast. It has a beach that is bordering the Pacific Ocean. Chilly, and it just feels sort of like a getaway to go hiking. Whereas in Santa Cruz, it, immediately you're hit by the surf culture. But the cool thing, so in 1976, the Resource Center for Nonviolence was founded, and it's one of the oldest and most celebrated nonprofit organizations committed to political and social activism. Be still my heart. Yeah. The center is dedicated to promoting the principles of nonviolent social change. This feels very Berkeley, but it's not. Yeah. (laughs) Enhancing the quality of life and human dignity. Wow. Well... It doesn't surprise me in some ways because Mm. Santa Cruz is one of the most hippie, liberal-leaning, alternative lifestyles, not only accepted but embraced type of city that I've ever been to. In 1998, the Santa Cruz community declared itself a nuclear-free zone. In 2003, the Santa Cruz City Council became the first city council in the U.S. to denounce the Iraq War. Wow. The City Council of Santa Cruz also issued a proclamation opposing the USA Patriot Act. Wow. Santa Cruz became one of the first cities to approve marijuana for medical uses. Do you want to guess what year? Oh my God. I don't know. 90s? 92. Yeah. Oh, wow. Residents overwhelmingly approved Measure A, which allowed for medical use of marijuana. Santa Cruz was home to the second above ground medical marijuana club in the world when Santa Cruz Cannabis Buyers Club right awesome. opened its doors in April 1995 Santa Cruz became one of the first cities in California to test the state marijuana laws in court after there was an arrest of Valerie Corral and Mike Corral who were the founder of the Woe slash Men's Alliance for medical marijuana the case was ruled in favor of the growers, and in 2005, Santa Cruz City Council established a city government office to assist residents 
with obtaining medical marijuana. That's awesome. <laughs> I was just going to say that's, and this is from a city that's half the size of Berkeley. It surprises me that there's such a, well, it shouldn't surprise me at this point, but that they're on the forefront of all of these sort of progressive ideals. Yeah, 100%. And it was in January 2020 that Santa Cruz became the third city in the U.S. and the second city in California to decriminalize psychedelics mushrooms Ah. yeah totally in addition to a slew of other plants on the federal schedule one substance list i get the sense you have many more i have okay just a few more okay um and this is just in kind of the activism section of santa cruz before we get into everything else like what hotel you should stay at notable feminist activists nikki craft and Anne Simonton, they resided in Santa Cruz, and they formed what they call the Praying Mantis Brigade. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Which, how fucking badass is that? Yeah. It's a collection of activists that organized the Myth California pageant in the 1980s, protesting the objectification of women and the glorification of the beauty myth. Wow. Myth California was stagged concurrently with the Miss California pageant that was held in Santa Cruz since the 1920s. The protest ran for nine years and eventually contributed to the Miss California pageant leaving Santa Cruz. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah, and I kind of feel like this would have been good for you to know prior to us going there. A hundred percent. To amp you up a little bit more, because I kind of felt like Side note, when we were investigating going to all these places around Bay Area, at first I got the sense, could be wrong, that Mm. Santa Cruz wasn't exactly super high on your list of places to go. I mean, that's not to say that you didn't want to go or anything. Just Maybe I was wrong, but that's just how I took it. And to hear all this stuff is kind of awesome in retrospect. Yeah, and purely from uh, my notion of Santa Cruz before us going there was, and I'm curious what yours was, it had a very famous boardwalk. And it was a big beach community. And not to sound like a crazy person, but I don't really care for beaches. (laughs) I don't really care for rides. And I don't really care for the cotton candy-esque food that you would get from them. So I had a very superficial vision of what I thought Santa Cruz was going to be. And I thought it was going to be like any of the beach towns around San Diego that we were used to or later on going to Jersey. I just, I thought it was going to be a place that um, people go to smoke weed on the beach, which cool, right on, or kids go to ride roller coasters that cost more money than they should. <laughs> totally. And, and that all is 100% there. Uh-huh. I mean, and But what's cool is it, it has this overlay of Bay Area activism and one of the most liberal colleges in the country. Mm. I guess you combine those two aspects of Northern and Southern California, and it, it does make it a lot more interesting than just the sort of grungy beach that you see in San Diego. Yeah, as we have discussed, definitely much more of an activist undercurrent than I was expecting. Yeah. I feel like I could literally list off a million of these little anecdotal stories, but I think it really paints a picture of Santa Cruz a bit deeper than just a a beach community that is so close to two of the major cities in California. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Now, that said, I would like to interject with my fun fact. Yes. Okay. Yes. Go. Because I think this is (gasps) hilarious. I'm curious what yours is. So I think you probably could guess it, but Santa Cruz has been in an off and on feud with Huntington Beach, California. Because Huntington Beach tried to trademark the title of their city as Surf City. And Santa Cruz believes it is the original Surf City. So off and on over the years, the various mayors have taken jabs. And even to this day, it's hard for one of the cities to claim that that name just because it immediately evokes all of this sort of history around the term. I don't know how Hawaii has not, any of the spots in Hawaii has not just been like, shut the fuck up, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. no, California. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I was nervous you were going to have the same fun fact as me. 
What's yours? Speaking of the very famous liberal arts school there, you see Santa Cruz. Do you know what their mascot is? I don't know. Okay, as a random, I know facts about colleges, especially mascots and names of notable sports players. I don't know how you don't know this, it's and I know small this. small liberal arts colleges in New England. Those are the ones <laughs> I know. It's very limited. Okay, well, we're hopping over the other coast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their mascot is called Sammy. Okay. And it is a banana slug. Which you need to Google right now. Awesome. The men's tennis team wore shirts to their NCAA championship that read, Banana Slugs, No Known Predators. (laughs) Which, how in spirit does that feel? That's awesome. Wow, the UC Santa Cruz Banana Slugs. Do you see the picture of an actual banana slug? Yeah. And, and the picture of the actual mascot. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I, I love how smiley the, smi- the, the face is. Like, I know that the mascots have to have a smile, but, like, this guy is incredible. Yeah, the whole grumpy, angry mascot trend didn't really take yeah, off. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Except for the, the, what's the Philly one? It's like an orange blob. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Philly Fanatic. The, your... Oh, Philly Fanatic? That's what it is? But it's like an orange, it kind of looks like it would be an extra on like Sesame Street. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, what, what is the real name of it? Yeah, it's the Philly Fanatic, but I don't oh. know what it is. It definitely should have a crazier name, like Izzy or something like that. According to Wikipedia, it is a large, furry, green, flightless bird. Oh, it's green. What's the orange one I'm thinking of? Wait, hold on. Let me see. Okay, wait. Their hockey team? Gritty. You're right. Yeah. And it has a weird name. Okay, not Izzy, but Gritty. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, there we go. (laughs) Crisis averted. (laughs) And and one of the first articles is How the Left Won the War for Gritty, the new mascot of the Philadelphia Flyers, written two years ago. So I guess that kind of fits into this vibe. (laughs) Oh, were the Republicans anti-Gritty? Ah. I mean. Was he gay? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. Or he was just an atheist. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) So before, yeah, you were talking about the size of Santa Cruz. As of 2018, population is 64,000. Where we grew up in Connecticut, and both of us, we just found out yesterday, grew up in almost identically sized towns, both population-wise and and land size. And towns that we grew up in were around 30,000 people. So the largest city around us was probably Danbury, Connecticut. Mm. And Danbury, Connecticut is uh, what I would call a a small city, very small city. Yeah. And it's uh, 20,000 people more than Santa Cruz. Yeah. And it's only about 15 square miles, 12 of which is land, and the other three is water. So it's 19.51% water, in case you were curious. Wow. <laughs> that's, um, did we ever look up the Rhode Island, the percentage of Rhode Island that's, no. that's water? Because it's, it's way high. It's, it's, there's a, it's a majority of water. Okay. Well, which, that, that's going to have to be your Providence Newport po- fun fact. Newport Pod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, yeah, Newport. Oh, Providence got the boot. <laughs> <laughs> it did, though. And so Santa Cruz is mainly broken up into three different regions. East side... West Side. Exactly. And Midtown. And then in terms of notable people, did anyone jump out at you that you were excited to to share with the group? Having a, a technology background, I thought it was interesting and I did not know that James Clark, the original founder of Net, Netscape, Navigator, oh. um, in oh. Netscape Communications, he lives there. Okay. And then the other one that I thought was interesting was Reed Hastings, the founder of Netflix. Oh, interesting. Okay. You, you want a different angle than me. Yeah, um, I'm going to guess political activism on your side, or maybe artist. Well, we covered the activism already. Okay. Although I do have a few more tabs if we want to revisit. Mine is in the true spirit of Santa Cruz. Are do you, you know? going to talk about Jack O'Neill? Yeah, Jack O'Neill. You probably know O'Neill from any friend of yours who has ever talked about California surfing or Man. skateboarding. Or has stepped into a pack song. Yeah. <laughs> um, founded in 52, 
they actually opened the first surf shop. Do you know this? No. In a garage on the Grand Highway in San Francisco. Oh, wow. That's cool. It was close to his favorite body surfing break at the time. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. That's how I pick all <laughs> the garages I choose to open my endeavors in. <laughs> <laughs> the first shop, the company started selling wetsuits, surf gear, and clothing. All the essentials you'd need. And then his name got attached to surfwear, and then they kind of expanded into surfing equipment. And the rumor about O'Neill is always that he was the inventor of the wetsuit, but after an investigation done at UC Berkeley, they concluded that he was not the original inventor, and that actually it was a physicist named Hugh Bradner who was most likely the original inventor. So pretty sure Jack made out nicely. Yeah, have you seen his house? No. You need to Google it because it's crazy. Of course, it's right on the beach. He, he started a nonprofit in 1996 that was called the O'Neill Sea Odyssey, which provides kids with hands-on lessons and teaches the relationship between the oceans and the environments and has hosted over 100,000 kids since it started. Wow, that's really cool. So I don't hate him for his beautiful house, right? Isn't it gorgeous? It is gorgeous. And it fits. Right. I feel like it was straight out of central casting. Yeah. I have one more notable person that I want to share. Yeah. A man by the name of Lorenzo Panza is the inventor of the modern baseball pitching machine. And so if oh, anyone's and seen it. and he's out of Santa Cruz. And yeah, so he, he lived in Santa Cruz. Because nothing says Santa Cruz like baseball. I know. Okay, any other notable people? Uh, those were the ones. I mean, there were quite a few, but yeah. those were the ones that jumped out at me. How about yeah. You? Because I had, for people specifically, I just had Jack O'Neill down, but I also had some notable pop culture references. Oh, cool. Per our discussion before about preconceived notions about Santa Cruz, mine was really their peer, and a big reason for that was because of Lost Boys. Oh. That they kind of like hung out on the pier in Santa Cruz. Okay, okay. And then also one that I was kind of surprised by uh, was Dangerous Minds. I Weird. I didn't yeah. know that. Which I feel like that came out at a time that it was R-rated. And I could not see R-rated movies yet. And therefore it slipped through the pop culture cracks for me. Like I just mm -hmm. never saw it. I don't know if you ever saw it. No, I didn't. But yeah. I mean, I, it's hard not to know about it at least. And then most recently is Us. He or Peel oh, oh. movie, which was awesome that you need to see because it I was do. fascinating. When should you go? Uh, truly. I mean, it's a lot of the places that we're talking about. It's great weather all year. So mm -hmm. in Santa Cruz in particular has some of the best weather in all of Northern California. What we've been saying about that late summer heat still applies to Santa Cruz. A hundred percent. Or what I would consider fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Depending what you're looking for. I mean, it's going to be warmer than most places in the U.S. during the winter. But uh, the warmest temperatures in Santa Cruz are actually during autumn time. In the average year over the past hundred years, it is sunny in Santa Cruz between 50 and 150 days more than San Francisco, depending on which side of San Francisco you live in. Major shade, Paul. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> or it, not shade. <laughs> yeah, it gets almost 3,000 hours of sunshine a year compared to, you know, where we lived in San Francisco, we were kind of right in the border in the middle. So we kind of actually could see the fog stopping almost mm. where we were. Yeah. We but, were right by what they would call the sun belt. Yeah. Whenever we went there, in blue skies, pretty much. What's your ideal duration of stay? I think two to three nights. I mean, mm. I think two nights yeah. would actually be, would be great. What about you? Yeah, and I do the tack on an extra night, <laughs> one in doubt. Of course. Because Popeye France, a couple <laughs> days in London. Exactly. Which we've never regretted. I know. There were two hotels that I found that were really cool. One was called the Dream Inn. Mm, totally. And it was right downtown by the boardwalk. Yeah. Retro chic. Totally I would say. 60s beachy yeah. vibe. And from there, you, you can either walk or take sort of a shuttle around mm -hmm. town. Same is true for um, Hotel Paradox. Oh, yeah, which is a Marriott. 
Yeah. Mm. But it's it's very design forward, minimalist, modern. Yeah, so that's a Marriott, but you wouldn't know it from seeing it. You are Marriott members, maybe that will help sway you. Context is about a mile from the boardwalk. So it's not far at all. And it's actually right by the Trader Joe's. And I think the Whole Foods, which is great. So that's definitely an option if you want something a bit nicer. And the Dream Inn, yeah, essentially a beachfront high rise. And it overlooks Cowell Beach. So it's like right on the water. And that's starting at about 160 a night. And they actually have a lounge slash surf museum in the hotel. Awesome. Um, That's very much homage to Jack O'Neill. And they have a bar that's dedicated to him and features all the different surfboards that he created over his career. And there's a bunch of personal memorabilia from his life. So that looked really cool. And if you guys don't end up staying there, you do an Airbnb, which I wouldn't recommend. That wasn't really, there weren't a lot of good options for that. I would either recommend the Dream Inn or Hotel Paradox, but if nothing else, it's worth visiting the bar because it definitely is like a little slice of Santa Cruz. And then if you're more of the B&B type, there is West Cliff Inn which is just across the street from the Dream Inn. And it's actually a historic three-story Victorian mansion, which is quite beautiful. It's small though. It has only about 10 rooms. And that kind of splits the difference between the two. That's like your mid-price option. That's going to be just under 200 a night. And they do have a wine and cheese reception. So that is neat. So if you want kind of more intimate experience, I definitely recommend West Cliff Inn. So you've chosen your hotel. Yeah. Hopefully you're walking around most of Santa Cruz. Absolutely. There is a bus system. Uh, There's also a downtown shuttle that runs in the summer. If you're driving in from a major airport in the Bay Area, you probably can park your car and not move it again if you so choose. Yeah, and any of those hotels that we referenced, you can get to the main kind of downtown areas. What are the things that you want to do next time we visit? One thing we have to do the next time we go, which will require a car, uh-huh. is the mystery spot. Yeah. But mystery spot is this sort of, well, they call it a gravitational anomaly. Um, and it's in the Redwood Forest just outside the city. and it, Which it, is beautiful. So yeah. Go it, because it, of that. The description is so interesting. It's, mm. it, they say it's basically this sort of circular area where the, uh, the, the laws of physics are questioned (laughs) and so there's like gravitational pull issues i guess and um and so it's something that i have we just have to do it i mean i in fact i don't overthink it yeah yeah so we're gonna report back next time we do it regardless of whatever episode we like whenever we're there next we're going to talk about it but yeah and there's no correlation between there being a mystery spot in which uh gravitational pulls are questionable and the fact that mushrooms are legal there yeah. there's no tie right <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't get any like snacks before you go visit there i promise no. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah 100 the mystery spot so mystery spot and then but besides that i think yeah. um some of the places that i liked hmm. um, i liked how we started by parking right downtown and um, again if you're at any of those hotels then you'll be able to just walk over here but Abbott Square Market is kind of a cool place to start, which is an indoor flea market of sorts. We didn't go there, though. Did we? We did, yeah. Oh, that was like the food hall. It's like a food hall. Okay, it's more a food hall. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not a flea, because it's mainly food, right? Yeah, I think it is mainly food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a sushi place, there's a vegetarian place, there's nice We went to the bathroom there, and I filled up my water bottle. Yeah, we went to the bathroom twice there. Yeah, and they have a water bottle fill-up station. The good ones that you see in airports and SFO. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the good ones. (laughs) (laughs) They also have a a year-round farmer's market, and they also have a year-round flea market. So there's a lot of outdoor markets um, around the downtown area that, depending on when you're there, like the the flea market is Saturday and Sunday. The farmer's market's Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Is it what? Do you know what time? It is until 3 p.m. I don't know the start of it. Okay. 
I mean, we don't need to know the start of it. We just know it's till 3 p.m. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of nice because sometimes they're only till 1 and, yeah. you know, not a morning person. Right. But mm. to get you up in the morning. Yes. No, 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 totally. We'll because, do coffee. Yeah, yeah we can Because we're downtown. I yeah, feel yeah, like... we're already downtown. Why yeah. not? We should probably yeah, yeah. go to... Okay. What coffee place? Verve. Oh my god, it's <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. It's so good, y'all. No. <laughs> <laughs> we came across Verve Coffee first when we were in San Francisco because they had an outpost there. But they are actually originally out of... Oh no! Actually, that is false! We came across Verve Coffee first when we were in a suburb outside of Seattle. What's it, Where the mall is. Um... And oh. Bill Gates lives. Yeah. Bellevue. Bellevue. I was going to say Bringington, but that's not it. Yeah, yeah. So we the were old in... old Bringington <laughs> Farmer's Market. I mean, plausible, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were in, yeah, we were in um, Bellevue with Brianna, and we stopped in this coffee place that I was excited to try, and they had Verve Coffee, and... Seattle being a very serious coffee place in a in a good way, not in an annoying way. I was shocked that we were getting coffee outside of Seattle and it was from a roastery that was in California. So we had it there and I was obsessed and then we moved to San Francisco and they had a coffee shop in a perfect section that's right on the way to Castro if you're heading from Mission that we would pop in all the time. And then we went to their original outpost that's in Santa Cruz that I think is one of the most beautiful coffee shops I've ever been in. And because the weather is so conducive of the indoor, outdoor, you can only imagine what it's like there. Yeah. Their coffee is amazing. It's, it's not, it's not cheap, but it's good. And I think it's other than one place in Seattle, it's, Every time I go there, I want to make sure that I grab a bag of coffee to bring home with me that I will savor slowly, but not too slowly so that it expires. <laughs> We've never had a bag of coffee expire. <laughs> yeah. It, that's, I would love to see how that could even happen. Um, the other coffee place that I want to try yeah. next time is uh, Lulu Carpenters. What struck me about Lulu's is mm. they just have like a lot of weird flavors of coffee so almost like caramel coffee roasters or where like like uh i don't i don't know i mean it it just it feels like it's a place where you're like you can try a new type of flavored coffee not flavored coffee but like um they have i think 10 or 13 different like named coffees which typically are we talking about like a coffee drink where they're adding like a type of syrup or a type of milk that makes it that flavor or are we talking that they're roasting the beans with something that makes it that flavor the latter oh, okay okay yeah. okay they have seasonal drinks and they mm. have other things that you can make they'll have like cappuccinos and all the your regular stuff right but right they're they're beans though they have just a, a variety of different types of beans that have different flavors. So I'm, I'm just curious. What was I, there one that jumped out at you that you were like, okay, when we go there, we're going to try this weird bean? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> one Bonnie Dune Old Schoolhouse Winter Spring 2020 collection, which is a blend of Far Eastern and African coffees. And the description says, orange creamsicle. <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, I'm not advocating for orange creamsicle flavored coffee but i guess i am like when in santa cruz like okay but that's awesome because our one of our favorite Stumptown varietals toffee is one of the flavor descriptors which i mean yeah everyone loves toffee yeah totally (laughs) not as nostalgic as maybe orange creamsicle but i i think that the peel is there yeah (laughs) (laughs) those are my two yeah Mm. The other one that I noted, 11th Hour Coffee. Oh, I did see that. Which just got good reviews on the whole. They know the best number and they're using it at Lucky 11. So I think when we need our 3 p.m. boost after having Verve earlier in the day, we should definitely try 11th Hour. Yeah. And then I think we can get both Verve, 11th Hour, and possibly Lulu's coffee by the bag, if not there. We can also get it at New Leaf Market, which oh, yeah. we went into, yeah. which is just your classic natural food store, but it's pretty big. 
and we got a few bottles of wine and some snacks there. And I definitely recommend going to that market if you need like a little pick me up or if you want to get some sundries for a picnic of sorts. That's awesome. But if you need something a bit heftier, what types of restaurants would you say? So I I mean, it's you can't go more than probably a hundred yards without hitting a taco place. So Taqueria Las Paracos. Yes. Uh, is this taco shack that's right by? Uh, I would say it's it's close to a shack. It's a it's a yeah. shack that has grown up, but not not into an adult. Mm-hmm. That's basically the vibe. We have had basically the shrimp tacos yeah. there. Um, I think we had one fish taco. It was just so good. They have so many different things too. It's early in the morning. Where are we going? Ooh, um, maybe the bagelry, cream cheese bagels, all of the typical egg sandwiches, and they all pass the Paul Egan test, which is basically. At this point, under $5 for like an egg and cheese. Cheap and filling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and the one that we went to had a beautiful outdoor seating area. Oh, yeah. They had like a whole like wooden outdoor patio. Yeah. Um, and they had indoor seating too, but I mean, we're in California, sit outside. So that's another pro. Another place if you're in the breakfast type mood is the picnic basket. Did you see this? No, I didn't. Um, known for their breakfast burritos. Oh, man. Which ideal situation for me, at least, is like 3 p.m. breakfast burrito time. Hopefully, they're still selling them. We get takeaway there and we go sit on the pier. That would be great. Yeah, with some hot sauce. And yeah. we have that as like a late lunch. Because those look pretty epic and really well-priced, good reviews. And then you mentioned it before, but yeah, Abbott Square Market, part food hall, also part bar. So if you're looking to do like a early happy hour or have a beer with your breakfast burrito, it's a great place. They have really cute string lights. They had a whole indoor-outdoor area that if you also have dogs or kids, there's like an outdoor space where they can sit. And there is a bake shop called Companion Bake Shop that looked really good. Among other places, they had a sushi place and they had a beer place. So those were really cool. And then if you're looking for more sweet, one of the top rated places in all of Santa Cruz is this place called the Penny Ice Creamery, Mm -hmm. which google it look at their yelp they have this like marshmallow fluff that you can get added onto the ice cream that you can get just so ever toasted Um, but that's kind of their like shtick get your favorite ice cream with the marshmallow fluff on top nice that (laughs) sounds amazing you know if tacos aren't your your fancy um who are you first of all i don't know that you should go to santa cruz (laughs) but there are quite a few poke places too there's a Mm. there's a huge hawaiian influence and Right, because the person who hates tacos loves poke somehow. Exactly. Right, exactly. Strictly poke. Yeah, yeah, seriously. No tortilla. Yeah. So there's like actually four or five Hawaiian places that are right on that main street there. We didn't get a chance just because we didn't have enough time, but yeah. one that looked really Hence interesting. Hence the long weekend. Yeah. Gotta, gotta fit it in for the food. Yeah. Yeah. There's a place called Hula's Island Grill. Ah. Great happy hour that happens pretty much every day except for okay, Sunday. Okay, so it's not like a traditional like build your own poke bowl. This is like a, this is a more of like a restauranty this, type place. Yeah, this is like a restauranty place. Okay, it kind of okay. reminds me of the place in St. Michael's that we went to on the water, and we oh, ran into the. It's got like tiki like bar a, vibes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So they have like a full menu, and then they, they have poke, um, oh. and then they have like a happy hour. I mean, I think there's one in Monterey as well. So um, maybe it's uh, two hulus in one day kind of <laughs> deal. And then there are also those build your own. There's like, I think yeah, there's yeah. a poke it up. There's a high tide poke shop. Mm. Yeah, they're all around there. In fact, it's basically taco stand, poke place. Taco stand, poke place, bar, 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 bar. Ooh, so, okay. And speaking of which of those bars, which were the ones that you either want to visit or really jumped out at you when you were researching. One called Poet and Patriot place. I don't know if you'd like it though. It's an Irish pub. How about you? If you're a beer person, there is a place called Beer 30 Bottle Shop and Poorhouse. And it's called Beer 30 because it has over 30 beers on tap. 
No, you don't say. Which a lot of them are from around California area, which I think is really cool if you just want to try out a bunch of different beer that you then pick up like a six pack and you leave later on. It's a good way to do it. For a wine drinker, <laughs> there is Surf City Vintners, which has 10 different tasting rooms that are all walkable to each other. And we actually walked by one of the tasting rooms when we were going to Cameron Marks, which we'll talk about in a minute. But there are a ton of wine tasting rooms. This one I just shout out specifically because it has 10 different ones that are not too scattered in a way that they're not approachable. Not that you're necessarily going to 10 tasting rooms, but... Yeah, you have two and Blaine added the third day, so... <laughs> yeah, ten exactly. Is reasonable. yeah. And then Red Room which has over a hundred different whiskeys to try. Yeah, I saw that. That's really cool. It looked really cool in there too. Which I think is awesome is someone who is still getting into that and not in the douchey way that that could sound, but just trying to figure out preferences. It's just a fun way to experience it, but they have a hundred different ones that you can just try on a whim, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And just a couple more plugs that I wanted to make. Um, so Rexford Winery, which is also near Cameron Marks. Oh. It's right there. We walked by it, too. Mm. They have a tasting room, actually, in Carmel Valley, which we'll be doing the next time we're in Carmel. Oh, fun. But um, they have a winery there that has tastings for $10. Okay. And then there's Humble Sea Brewing Co., Venus Spirits, if you saw Venus Spirits. I did. I did. They are gorgeous. That looks cool. Designy. Yeah. <laughs> And then the opposite of both of those is this place called Johnny's Harborside, which has $4 wine. <laughs> so Is it a Pinot Gris? <laughs> it's probably a Pinot Gris. Or it's just white wine. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so Cameron Marks, we've mentioned it now three times. What What is Cameron Marks exactly? <laughs> Cameron Marks is like a home goods mm. store. Like one of those sort of curated stores. Um, has a lot of interesting things. Really nicely designed extension cords. <laughs> the ones that have the boxes that you, you see them in like a like a, a clothing store of the same vibe. Yeah. yeah what's of, that brand? What's the one? Oh, yeah. It's a name, it's like Stanley or something. Mm. Yeah. Home goods, jewelry, women's apparel, and everything you'd expect when you think of those three things. Yeah. <laughs> There's another one um, mm. that we went into called Sawyer Landency. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of place it in our souvenir section because it's a place that will allow you to get uh, a wetsuit there. You can probably buy a backwards cap. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's it very really cool. sea meets forest kind of vibe. Yeah. And that is actually across the street from Cameron Marks. Yeah. So those are right by each other. And then the other place that was really cool is Stripe and Stripe Men. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're right next to each other, and it's exactly what you would expect. So it's Stripe, which is all the same home goods, jewelry, women's apparel, and then they have a standalone men's store. Yeah, I would say a Northern California slash Maine Mountain type aesthetic. Yes, that's a great description. Yeah. And I just remember m making a friend there. Yeah, yeah, and he was talking to you all about the differences of San Francisco and Santa Cruz, and he used to live in Santa, San Francisco. He used to live. He used to live in San Diego. Oh shoot! Um, and but he had lived in San Francisco most recently, and then moved mm. to Santa Cruz, okay. in the exact way that we were describing Santa Cruz earlier in the yeah. in the show. Like <laughs> yeah, and I mean both stores are super cute. I feel like there were like five things I was like I would love for you to wear that. That looks awesome. Yeah. I would say other place, as we mentioned before, Jack O'Neill is from Santa Cruz. So O'Neill Surf Shop, go there because that's kind of spirit of Santa Cruz. And lastly, Bookshop Santa Cruz, which is an independent bookshop that's been around since 1966. So an establishment in the area. And as we talked about before with the activism and the liberal nature, you've got to go to a bookshop when you're in such an area. Yeah. Souvenirs. You said you would pick one up ideally at one at of Sawyer. these shops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th I thought that was kind of um, apropos of the area. The other thing that I would do, honestly, is, is maybe pick up some beer from one of the breweries or yeah. from uh, First Leaf. Oh, First Leaf? Not First Leaf. Um, oh. From... Uh, oh, the market. Yeah. New Leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New, New Leaf. Leaf. Thank <laughs> you. That's funny. That's funny. 
first sleep is the wine delivery service that we are supposed to be getting any day now. Yes, yes. It says ship. <laughs> um, New Leaf is the market in which you should get the beer yeah, and the wine from. Yeah. And some fun snacks. Exactly. Yeah, totally. A few other places that I think are notable to mention for Santa Cruz. We talked about the mystery spot, which is very synonymous with the area. Also, we talked briefly about the boardwalk and the beach, but those are two of the other kind of, I think, main places that people go when visiting Santa Cruz. The boardwalk was actually founded in 1907, and it's the oldest amusement park in all of California, and it's still home to only one of two wooden roller coasters. That's awesome. Which, do you know where the other one's located? Is it Mission Beach? Yeah, it's San Diego. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And then the other place I would say is the Big Basin Redwood State Park. So as Paul mentioned before, the mystery spot is amongst the redwoods. And this park is home to over 10,800 acres of old growth forests. And it's the largest continuous stand of ancient coast redwoods south of San Francisco. So I would definitely recommend going there. And then finally, another natural spot is the Felton Covered Bridge, which growing up in New England, covered bridges are a very common thing around parts of Vermont and New Hampshire, but not a lot in California. No. But this one was constructed in 1892 over the San Lorenzo River. And it's the tallest covered bridge in the United States. There's a lot of really cool natural hikes around there that you can incorporate the bridge into. You just can't drive through it. Oh, yeah. And so we mentioned this when we talked about Carmel, but it's actually closer to Santa Cruz. So if you do take that extra day and you are, maybe it's raining, let's say, one of like the 11 days that it rains in Santa Cruz, you may want to hop in the car and go to Gilroy. <laughs> which is about 20 minutes away and it's a really easy drive it's just it's the garlic capital of the u.s and you can there's this one there's a garlic shop which is right off the i think it's the 101 and it's literally called the garlic shop with two, two p's and an e, and an e. yeah <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um and it's it's awesome because you go there and you can get everything you could ever think and things that you would never think mm. were made of or have garlic on them like garlic wine. Yeah, exactly. You can try garlic wine at the winery next door. And it's funny because they have you taste it with a, um, a cheddar goldfish. Yeah. And it's supposed to replicate the taste of like a classic cheese pizza, which it does. Yeah. <laughs> and when we went there to taste wine, the person who was behind the desk area um, was cooking eggs for his dog. Yeah. On a hot plate. But you get a free ticket to go over there for a free tasting if you buy anything in the garlic shop. Yeah, like literally anything. And so, yeah, the garlic shop obviously has garlic, but it also has like fun like salsas and they have garlic tortilla chips and just everything you can imagine. Next door to that, there's also another farm stand, which I don't know, just because maybe time of year has never been open, but there's a really high production of different berries, strawberries, Artichokes and asparagus are other major crops in that area. So if you like any of those, there are a bunch of places you can get fried artichokes. There are like little food stands and stuff like that, or just regular artichokes. And also bacon avocado, which is not what you think. It's a varietal of avocado. And we did not know what it was at the time. And we passed up on it. We regret it. We are going back. And they were selling those for like, God, like, five for two bucks like yeah. just a great deal you buy you buy one of those and you get 11 artichokes for free <laughs> so good. we recommend no matter where you're going if, if you're only staying for a long weekend and you're flying back get like go for a drive and get some produce the first day and just basically add it on to all of your meals throughout your stay because yeah. there are so many agricultural gems one thing i will say in terms of the safety score in santa cruz it would be irresponsible to not talk about the fact that there are some issues with safety in Santa Cruz. Now, I think it's just like traveling to any area, be smart, but Santa Cruz consistently suffers the highest property crime rates per capita, the state of California. 
and it's also some of the highest violent crimes in the state of California for a medium and large size city. It also unfortunately has some of the highest homelessness rates in the U.S., over 9,000 homeless as of 2011, which is approximately 3.5% of the population. Of that population, over 52% of the homeless experiencing some form of mental illness, including clinical depression or PTSD, and over 26% suffering with unspecified mental illnesses. Yeah, and, and when we were there, we didn't notice anything um, unsafe, and we didn't notice an incident, or we didn't truly feel unsafe at any time, but you, you have to know that when you're walking down that Pacific Avenue, for example, you'll, you'll notice what we're talking about. There are quite a few people on the streets. Keep to yourself, I would say. Yeah, keep to yourself. Be aware of your surroundings, but it's just it's something to be aware of. And, so, and, and so can can this lead us to the charm score? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went dark on me. <laughs> sure. Well, this this plays part into the fact that there should be a socialist government. Yes, which I find quite charming. <laughs> and I think about sixty three of the sixty four thousand people in Santa Cruz agree with you. <laughs> But uh, the charm score, I think, um, I'm going to say it's around a four. Oh, shoot. <gasps> Whoa! We talked about a food hall with string lights. So here's the thing. I oh. feel like, okay, Santa Cruz, this, this takes nothing away, honestly, from the experience there. If you can imagine. Wait, hold the boat. Hold the boat. We need some context here. Okay, if Santa Cruz is a four, what the fuck is San Diego? specifically Gaslamp, or OB, or PB. I think similar. Okay. I, I, I think Santa Cruz is... Do not say six. I think it's better. Well, I think it's better than San Diego. Mm, okay. Well, mm. I feel like someone could blindfold you and put you at the end of a cliff, and you can look out at the ocean and think, wow, this is beautiful. This is very charming. Right. And I also think that, that you could be sitting in Abbott Square Market and look around you and think, wow, this is a really cool food hall in the middle of this place. And I then maybe that's where I get the number we get for, to five instead of four. But mm. I feel like you go to San, Santa Cruz to have fun, drinking mm -hmm. at the bars, like having tacos, walking around, seeing the ocean, seeing all the hilarious like boardwalk people. And then um, and then you, you, you go to Carmel and you... Right, but I think this could be said across the board. And if you have a, if you have an example, I would be surprised. I think any city in California, because of the infrastructure that's added in and because of the people and the lack of maintenance, the best parts about California, it is, it is the forests, it is the beach, it is the natural scenery and everything else that was added to it just made it look worse uh -huh. with the beige and the concrete yep. and the littering and everything else that comes with it. So, yeah. I, so meaning I think it's always the cities in California that I feel like we're going to rank lowest on our charm score. And it's going to be the big Sur's and the Carmel's and, um, and uh, Half, Moon what's, uh, Half Moon Bay. And what was that one outside of San Diego? Oh, with the apple pie. They're known for their apple Julian. pie. Julian. Yeah. That, those are the places that yeah. we will always say are more charming. But no, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Four is a little harsh. I mean, I guess the lowest we've ever ranked anything on this podcast so far has been a Six seven. Yeah. And that was big fucking sir. Well, so, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. no, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we sometimes we got to give low scores. We go to b beautiful places generally, yeah. so yeah. It, it, this is just oh. not a beautiful place, but it is. Yeah. It's super yeah, fun. It's not charming, and yeah. it's nestled in between quite a few beautiful places, so you can yeah. get your fill of both in the same weekend easily. Yeah, 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 and I guess yeah, the city proper itself isn't the most charming. However, all of the places we recommend yeah. going. Redwoods all um, around Yeah, it. exactly. Ocean on the other side. utterly gorgeous. Yeah. Okay, so with the charm score of four, 
do you think it's overrated or do you think it's worth it? I think it's totally worth it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's that. I I think it is so unique, and we didn't even do all the things like the mystery spot. Yeah. Like I think it's just like I I mean, I don't know how you go to San Francisco for more than a three or four times without drive, taking a car out to places like Santa Cruz, in my opinion. It's a good companion. No, I think it's a really good companion to break up a trip if you are in Northern California. Either, I mean, Berkeley for a day or two, and then absolute pop in Gilroy on your way down, and then go to Santa Cruz for a few days. Because I San Francisco is a cool city, but I think Santa Cruz is, is a good companion. Absolutely. So you, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I have adjusted to the unique beauty that is California. <laughs> it's never been my style. I'm definitely much more of a really old European cobblestone kind of person. So beachy boardwalks with neon lights and fast rides are not my style. However, there's so many unique types of things you can do in such a small area, whether it's wine tasting, bar hopping, taco crawling or going to the redwood forest in such a small space yeah absolutely would recommend it mm. yeah and we can't overstate the the tastiness of the tacos there <laughs> the tastiness of the tacos yeah i mean i have to say it again yeah. I, it's so no, good and yeah. it, i mean and i guess i'm still missing yeah tacos same from moving back east same. but um i can i can taste everything that went into the tacos that we had at that one place so yeah they were fantastic and that's why it was packed yep. but we still had a place to sit and everyone was super nice so yeah. munching on tortilla chips while waiting for our order i mean what i mean come on yeah yeah go for the tacos and stay for the drink at the O'Neill Surf Museum inspired yeah. bar because how often does that happen? Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> okay, Paul, well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This is fun. That's it for this edition of the Wandermore podcast. You can find links to some of the things we talked about on our show page at wandermore.io slash podcast. You can email us at podcast at wandermore.io. You can download our entire catalog of Wandermore when you subscribe. Just search for Wandermore podcasts in your podcast app of choice. I'm Colleen. And I'm Paul. Until we hang next time. Have a nice trip. (laughs) Colleen is putting in the broccoli right now.